it's the Friendly Fire Show. It's episode 182 for the start of September 2021. Uh, I have horrible hair because I just literally got out of the shower because my husband had like really dense hair that I've just shaved like all of it off and it just went everywhere and I couldn't be bothered redoing myself because it's lockdown. Not that you'd know, other guy. Oh, well, uh, we just have, we have some trucks drive through occasionally and they have COVID and it's a big like dilemma, but nothing's come of it yet, so... I've got flights to Perth in like three weeks. So. I was going to ask, like, are you allowed to go? I thought they wouldn't let you go yeah. of all people because you're not Western Australian. No, well, we're like the only border they're open to, but I will. their flexible flights uh, haven't made it yet. But it's quite likely at this moment that friend of the show, Gaetano, long-suffering Melbourne supporter, uh, won't be able to go if they make it. And, of course, I support Port Adelaide. So back when we used to... they make it still, right? You're not locked in. Yeah. No, right. not locked in. But back when we worked together, they were like the worst two teams in the league and they might actually play off this year, but we can't go together. So never mind. What a bow to put on the package that is COVID, really. That's, like, yeah, that's it. You're, you're, it's like you, you two, one of you two made this weird, like pact with the devil or something to see your team get to the grand final. But it's one of those like horrible genie wishes where like you, you sort of are getting your way, but it hasn't really come true in the way that you hoped it would. Does that make sense? Yeah, well, you know, you just got to see how these things go, basically. But anyhow, we're You're here like, to what are you talking about? I'm still maybe flying to Perth, so I'm fine. Yeah. This, this, I'm fine. I don't believe that will happen. I, I, there's got to be some case somewhere and, you know, I'm going to have a large credit with Jetstar. So I hope they sell beer and gum, right? Because Well, we were supposed to go to uh, Queensland next week. So we have like a, and three of us, like Matt and I and a friend. So, But we booked them all together. So now Matt and mm. I have a $1,200 credit of flights yeah. we couldn't use to go to Queensland that we have to use by next September. And these the airlines are, are going to go. Maybe we can use them next year. So we'll see what we do. They're going to go bust these airlines when everyone cashes in their credits. So good luck. Well, yeah. Anyway, we can we can uh, escape the world and and jump escape. <laughs> That's a pun later on that I'll use again. Uh, escape the world and, and jump into video games. Hmm. And, uh, the one we played two of these and i've played one on my own let's do the one that i've played myself because i'll blab and then you can talk because i'm just look at my hair ben i'm basically unraveling here uh, great. i <laughs> had the chance to preview far cry 6 about three or four hours actually of the game um cut into like two chunks so there's like you know like a standard with a preview there's like here's the the start and kind of like getting you used to what's going on and now we'll zoom you ahead hours and hours and hours uh so Uh, The start was very Far Cry-like. They've kind of done away with like the skill tree and replaced it with gear. So it's kind of like a looter shooter, but not. Um, Rather than like picking and choosing the things you want your character to do, you can like strap on a helmet, which gives you fire vulnerability or invulnerability rather, or, Mm. you know, like gloves that make you able to deal with the poison that's in the world. Because that's the real, that's the kind of big thing that they announced at Gamescom, they being Ubisoft Toronto. Um... John Giancarlo Esposito's Anton Castillo uh, is gripping control of the, the fictional country of Yara through a fictional cancer treatment called Viviro, which is basically made through tobacco leaves somehow, biohacks, tobacco leaves, and this weird poison called PG-240. So the poison and the tobacco are kind of like big things in the game where you're, you're trying to basically take those out. So you're ruining the yarn economy. So you're ruining Esposito or Giancarlo Esposito's Castillo's um, grip 
on not only the country, but his like, you know, bargaining chip with the rest of the world. So it sounds really cool, but like that all plays out really pretty much like just far cry. So like you go into a crop of fields and you burn down the field and you know, we've seen that before you go and blow up a tank of poison. Um, The poison's kind of cool though. It's like this green gas that makes people go crazy. It's like the Joker gas really in a, in a Batman movie. So you can use it to your advantage. And if you have gear that lets you kind of like be invulnerable to it or you're more better suited to handle it for a short period of time, you can, use it to your advantage so it's really cool um and then the, the bit that excited me the most really is that we went to a guerrilla camp which is all the you know holstered guns exploratory stuff and i played dominoes and did like neat things um it's an ubisoft game so there's like a zillion things to do and if you don't like the shooting things there's exploration things and if you don't like that there's you know so like it's it's good in a lot of aspects and i'm kind of worried because it just seems like one of those giant games where like unless you're super invested you're probably just going to bounce off it but i don't know yeah well i'm glad it got delayed because i think if it was launched in february when it was meant to i played we already talked about this before too many ubisoft games so the delay helps it but you're right if you played far cry three four five you probably played this primal again very similar but just different enough because the setting was so different and that was pretty my favorite um recently because it was just a little bit different so they're all good games but you're right it's probably far cry is now probably the most samey series in that you play a sequel and you you know exactly what you're going to play before you played it you could not see anything about this game and you know there's going to be an over-the-top villain there's going to be you know outpost rating there's going to be some type of drug there's going to be some dodgy shooting like it's crafting like it's exactly the same yeah um yeah and it's just that's what it is it's super polished. Like it's, it's very amazing in the way that it's, you know, like been presented to you, but like, I, I had a little bit of fatigue just being like, oh, okay, it's just far. It's like, it's basically far cry. Um, but yeah. then like that being said, because I'm so used to playing a far cry game, I had like the minder in my ear, like, oh, you know, you might want to like cautiously approach this and, you know, try to sneak in this way. And it's like, nah, nah. Just, like, full on, like straight down the middle, like shooting anything that I could. So like, it, it, it was really fun. So, but yeah. like, I don't know if I'd like actively seek it out is I guess like the weird thing I'm trying to articulate there. Mm. What a glowing recommendation. Well, I'll enjoy playing it, but it's not going to be a, it's too samey to ever be a big highlight. I think it's kind of a side game now. Yeah. Well, and it's like a first person shooter at the same time that we're getting like a death loop, basically like holiday season. We're getting, you know, Halo Infinite now. There's a lot of similar things competing in the same kind of space so it's i guess pick the one that appeals to you the most are you like a a dishonored fan or are you a halo guy or are you a far cry person really so Hmm. there's no there's nothing wrong with any of those i guess but now something which is unlike anything i played recently it's psychonauts 2 it's it's great really good uh but it's it's like a late 90s early 2000s game if it were made today yeah, And I feel like a lot of games have tried that, but they've lost something. They've either not had modern enough kind of controls and movement or they've gone too modern and it has it's just felt like a kind of generic or too recent game. And I think this is the first one that isn't a Mario game that has managed to keep that original feel of like late 90s, early 2000s, but play is playable today. So yeah. really good. Um, I know people kind of put Ratchet & Clank up as like a great similar platformer, but that's not a platformer. That's a third-person shooter a with shooter. a little bit of platforming. Yeah, yeah. this is... Again, there's a lot more combat in this than there is in like a Mario game, but it's it's an actual platformer and it's weird. Like it's it's the perfect example of a good Game Pass game because if you played the first half an hour, 
and you had no idea what this game is, you would never buy it. Like it's it's odd. It's a slow it's start great. too. It's a really mm. slow start. But then once Close it gets start. to like the meat and potatoes, it's like a, it's a great. The, the characters are like fleshed out mm. and quirky and amazing, and the the world is so like just lovingly built. It very quickly grows on you. And like I was kind of telling you this as I was playing because I I previewed it ages ago. I'm like I don't like this. It's I don't know. Like you got you got to claw the controller to get all the powers going, and I don't like it. Mm. And then you know like three hours in, I'm like Ben, this is like the best thing I've ever seen in my life. I love this thing. I can't I can't imagine ever not playing this game. Um, that that eventually dissipates near the end because I yeah, I've like long finished the game and I had like two achievements left tied to collectibles and getting like thousands and thousands of figments in the world really really like left a sour taste in my mouth but like if you don't care about achievements that's yeah. not a problem for you I'm gonna say that applies to almost nobody who plays this game because there's an outrageous amount of collectibles so there's actual collectibles you get which are like one of 27 little card things or whatever like heaps like that and then there's figments everywhere where you need to keep getting like loads of them to level up yeah. and uh, you don't need to get all of them. Absolutely. You can bypass these unless you want the achievements. You literally need every single figment and side challenge card and side eyeball with cards, but which is fine. But like for the most part, and sorry to cut you off, but I'm, I'm very opinionated about this. For the most part, that's fun. Like finding the cards and finding all the, like the, the other collectibles in the normal world is fun. And it, you're, you're not really finding the collectibles. You're kind of just exploring and seeing where you can get to. And if you can get to that thing that you can see way off in the distance, it's the figments that are like neon purple in a world that is neon purple. Like, it, like it's just that side of things sucks. Yeah. But I digress. But very nitpicky. The game itself is great. Like it, that games like this don't get made anymore. And I don't think it'll get made again. Like I, I don't think there's going to be a Psychonaut 3 because this was kickstarted. Now that they're owned by Microsoft, they're probably not going to find it, although they might. They said Do- that if they wanted to, they could. Well, I hope Matt they Booty, do. the head of game studios, already said it. Okay, I, well, I told Tim Schafer that he didn't believe me. I had to send him the link to the Guardian wow. where Matt Booty was quoted. Well, I'm wrong then. And I hope they do make a third one. Uh, yeah, but like no one else is making a game like this. The the other platformers we've kind of seen recently is nothing like this. They don't really know what to do. And it's because no one has nailed that feeling in a modern game uh, like Soconauts, Soconauts has done. And the first game, like it's back compatible. It's in 4K upscaled. It's unplayable. And it's just yeah. that it just, the controls are just wrong to your brain now. So it's like a perfect revival of an old series, basically. So have you ever played the likes of like Grim Fandango and mm. Legend and stuff? Yeah. Like, so if you really like Psychonauts 2 and you've not played Double Fine's older games, maybe give Psychonauts a miss because it is, it's too hard to bounce into. Whereas the the other games, the ones I've just mentioned are more like Brutal Legends are pretty recent, but like all the Grim Fandangos, what are the other ones I'm thinking of? Full Throttle. They're like point and click adventure games, really. So they're a little bit rough around the edges, but they're still playable in a far better way. And they have that same sense of humor and like fun and frivolity that that Tim Schafer put through Psychonauts 2. So you should definitely give it a go, especially if you have hmm. Game Pass. It's free. Absolutely. Uh, in the, the same other- vein. Yeah. Well, the other Game Pass game that came out, there's been loads really of these little games that you probably wouldn't play, but they're on Game Pass recently. So just before Psychonauts, I think, was 12 minutes, which we were both really excited about. But I have to admit, I've only played about 12 minutes because it didn't grab me. And I feel like it's a type of game that needs to get you immediately. And I just didn't care. Like, I just like, eh. Um, 
yeah very that it's very up and down because like you, you get on a high and you figure out all these things you can do and you go through a whole bunch of loops it's it's time loop so it's like hey it's not like hades but it's kind of like hades there's a lot of these loop games kind of like in the zeitgeist right now death loop obviously as well mm. if you think of things that you can try and you're doing it and you're like learning information great and then you just kind of get to points where it's just like i don't i have no i have no idea what to do next i don't i i will bash my head against a wall for an hour or i'll just go and find a guide so it's good and bad in that aspect the endings is like absolutely insane and i'm not gonna ruin it for you but like that's it's pretty divisive um just in in how it is it's a cool like it's a cool idea like having an entire game set in like basically a room it's neat i like it and i like that annapurna is doing all these kind of like weird not experimental but like you know putting its its weight behind games like this or the artful escape or i am dead which has come out um on game pass recently also very good um it's like neat little things that aren't they don't need to be like triple a or quadruple a or anything crazy there's like really cool experiences and again game pass so it's not really like hurting most of us to give it a go and if you don't like it stop playing yeah very small room to live in i would hate to live in that house it's a <laughs> they don't have a smallest TV. house i've ever seen yeah no that TV. was weird yeah no wonder they got stuck in this pickle anyhow but a, but a killer light switch so you know mm. that's priorities as you do yeah. i feel like if i had a switch like that i would probably get it fixed as a matter of extreme urgency but that's just me hmm. uh it's been a long time since we've done a show because gamescom has come and gone and i don't think we've spoken about it at all um so what were your general thoughts um garbage yeah that's it for the most part like probably the worst gamescom ever but there was, it was there's just nothing to announce. I see Banjo in the, your background. I'm just very excited. Um, uh, yeah. Just Ben's new dog for those who you you already know. You're long time listeners. You can probably um, hear him running around, but I'm surprised he's not barking. He's just kind of eating stuff. So I'll no, I don't hear him. I just see him. It's just he's cute. That's fine. Um, hmm. Like there wasn't a Sony presentation. There was like other presentations. We'll get into like the nitty gritty in a second. But like, you know, XCOM was XCOM. Xbox was the, the biggest presentation. And it was like stuff that didn't matter. Like bright memory alpha bright memory whichever bright well, memory game is coming out like they didn't talk about and they kind of like did a press release like a day after they showed a little bit of xbox or of, of halo but not really and then they put out the like during their own conference and then they put out the the console and the controller and the release date a day after it's like what are you doing xbox it was all just like kind of like a non-affair in my opinion what do you think yeah well they uh, Xbox especially went pretty hard at E3 and had one of their better E3s. Hmm. Um, but then they had nothing less for Gamescom. It kind of felt like they just had this in the schedule at the start of the year. So they said, oh, we better do something. And so the main thing which they'd left out of E3 was a release date for Halo. And we did get that for the 8th of December. Yeah. Um, and they kind of drip fed information. They kind of showed the new console, which I'm not that impressed with. I don't, uh, I do like limited edition consoles, but I feel like when it's so hard to just walk into the store and buy one, they shouldn't be doing that yet. Like it just, it, yeah it doesn't seem like the right time and again oh, yeah and sorry from, yeah. I'm, I'm i'm i agree because like yep. if you have a cons if you have a a, a a normal house if you're trying to be a grown-up and you want just to have like a tv console with like a black square sitting over there mm. and you're so desperate for an xbox and this is literally one of the only things you could have gotten in that like tiny little narrow window what you, know, you could pre-order because like any current gen console like it's up and gone in five minutes like you might just have to have this weird halo like nice looking but like weird if you want a normal 
sleek black console. You just might have to deal with that because you don't have a choice, which is just weird. Sorry. Yeah, anyhow, well, they've got that. There's another Elite controller, the V2 again, but a special edition. And once again, they've left out the share button. The profile switch button is right there. The physical button is on the Elite 2, and for some reason, they just refuse to allow us to use it. Uh, That's the one. I don't think we have a video of this episode, but anyhow, that's the one. We might. Uh, Just, yeah, very annoying that they won't allow that to happen. So obvious. There's obviously going to be a V3, and that's going to be a selling point, and that's why they haven't done it. But come on. Um, And then later on, they kind of just slipped in somewhere. I don't actually remember where they announced it. Oh, by the way, Halo Infinite's not going to have co-op at launch. Or Forge, which no one cares about. It's the campaign co-op. That's like a huge deal breaker. That is a deal breaker because like the glory days of Halo 3, the co-op campaign was the main mode, I would say. And then the multiplayer was great too, but like playing through that campaign with four players was something I'd never done before. Uh, Like you could, I can't remember too many games that let you do that online before then. So um, yeah, it's a big part of Halo and that's a bigger mission. And once again, probably shows this game's not quite ready. They've, they've pushed it to the last month of the year. It had to come out this year and they've had to ditch some stuff to make it work. Yeah, if they're if they're kind of piecemealing it already, like it's already not a full product, but mm. there there obviously is that kind of sentiment from Microsoft, like you've had a year, this has to come out this this year, it has to like figure it out, and this is the compromise, which that's not ideal, but I guess that's what we're getting. So, and the mentality yeah. is like, oh, you'll just play the campaign again with a friend afterwards. Like, I guess. Like I yeah, played but... Halo 3 with you like ages after the fact that Halo came out. Like I played Halo years ago and then I replayed it in campaign with yeah. you way after. I'm not like super keen to do it like three months after again with you. No offense. Like I do want to play Halo with you, but not. I want to play it on the 8th of yeah. December with you. Yeah. So that is disappointing. Um, that was the main thing that came out of Gamescom though. Like there was like no news bigger than that. There were a couple other release dates. So uh, Horizon Forbidden West is coming out on the 18th of February, which is pretty good because um, when they, it's meant to come out this year, obviously, when they delayed it, I kind of thought it's going to get pushed back to next Christmas. So uh, that's relatively soon. Yeah, Might get delayed again. That was this week in delays, by the way. There you go. Done. Yeah. Out the door. Yeah. yeah well, that's, that's undelayed. Something's come out of delay with a release date again. Uh, but as we know on this show, things get delayed constantly. So I believe we can play that when it comes out, yeah. which goes for every game at the moment. Yeah. Um, what else happened? Oh, Saints Row. So that was, uh, you already knew about that ahead of time. So you also previewed that one. Yes. Um, kind of a reboot, I would say, in the sense that it's, they've slotted it in between Saints Row like two and three. Like it got real weird in three. One and two were trying to be kind of GTA style, but more street gang. Yeah. Um, and one and two, looking back on them now, way better, I think. So, uh, and by four, it kind of lost what it was doing when it was like the president's an alien and it was just weird. Uh, so, yeah. Ages of Mayhem is the worst thing ever. That's the most recent yeah. from Volition. So they've dialed it back to just completely over the top rather than ludicrous. Um, like there was still a lot of rocket launches going on. Not what I hoped. I thought, I was hoping they were going to go like an even more normal, but um, certainly it's better than three and four, I think. Closer to yeah. three than four. I don't know. Like, I'm like, obviously, Saints Row has a, a passionate fan base because as soon as this was announced, they all like freaked out at Volition. But like, I don't know. It's like the the GTA clone no one really asked for, in my opinion. Like, I don't know. It's like, yeah. Cool. Like, but Rockstar's not releasing GTA games. So there's a big market for that for someone to do it well. Um, they decided at Saints Row 3 they needed to do things differently because they couldn't compete with GTA. And then GTA happened to stop. So 
they could if they wanted to, but they they've still kind of set themselves different. But I think they've real they've caught themselves and realized there's nowhere to go from Saints Row Four. Like it would just be awful to try to. They dial literally that up said further. that like they, we have nothing we have nowhere to go, so we have mm. to dial it back. So they've dialed it back in in terms of zaniness and they've also yeah. just like completely like johnny gat's not a thing it's like you're a completely new set of people you're you're in mm. like a kind of las vegas like desert setting you play one character you have another team of three there's a driver there's a i can't remember off the top of my head and it's like it, not, it like it doesn't sound bad but it's kind of like that far cry of like hey, yeah i'd play it if it came across my lap but i don't know if i'm like gonna go yeah. and like seek it out yeah uh, uh, if you're a turn-based yeah. tactical RPG person, though, you probably don't feel that way about Firaxis's new game, which is a Marvel tie-in called Midnight Suns. Hmm. Suns with a U, as opposed to the Marvel comic book Midnight Suns with an O, because it was all supernatural people, but they were all men, I think. And I think that's... The, I, I didn't realize... I thought I made a typo when I was talking to Firaxis at the time, but I would imagine they've changed it from male sons to, like cosmic suns because yeah. this team of supernatural people is a mixture of men and female male and female and like cool mystical badasses and like iron man and dr strange and and wolverine like the the, the mainstays um which Makes looks kind of cool card based yeah, no microtransactions good. of of game winning yeah. variety but of by costume variety i'm sure they learned by now you can't cripple these things with microtransactions uh well but yeah, that was a rare. I think we already knew about that, but they they announced it properly. So a rare one that was technically announced at Gamescom to some degree, or at least shown or something. Yeah, it was a leak before E3 where we knew there was like a Marvel for Axis game, but we didn't know what it was, mm. and we didn't hear about it until Gamescom. So there you go. We've had gameplay since it's up on the website, uh, and there's like it's that weird. It's this weird marketing thing where like they announced the game, but they didn't show us gameplay. They showed a cinematic trailer, and then like today, the first or second of September, they've shown a bit of gameplay, but then there's like the real gameplay trailer is next week. Okay. Thank you. Mm, okay. I appreciate uh, that. The only other thing that was kind of new is X cloud now called Xbox cloud. I had to check that, but we'll always call it X cloud is coming to consoles, including Xbox one, as well as series X and S uh, this year. So yes. what that basically means is you'll be able to, instead of downloading a game pass game, you can just say play straight away and stream it. You'll probably get a shittier experience. It'll probably pixelate a little bit. Certainly not going to be 4K. I think 1080 is the max um, on Australian internet. Probably going to be like 240p, yeah. but whatever you can get. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's a cool feature that I don't think I'll use that much. I am probably prefer just to download the game and play it. But for something really small, maybe you would just say, oh, what, you know, it'll probably stream pretty well, like a little indie games. Um, and yeah, probably worth trying. The fact that you can use it on Xbox One is probably the more interesting part because technically Microsoft can now come good on their promise that games would still come to Xbox One. Something like Flight Simulator hasn't and it potentially can now via streaming. Yeah, I think it's it's that like really like how impatient are you kind of things. If, if you go on mm. the Xbox right now and you want to download a game and you're playing something, you get that little like pop-up or not pop-up, but like message in my games and apps that says like, you're playing a game it's going to impact downloading the one that you want to download. Do you want to suspend yeah. it and just like solely devote the, the download to this? So obviously if you're streaming an xCloud game, you're not going to be downloading it at the same time, really. So it's like, do you want to play it a second? And maybe maybe it's because you want to try it like a Game Pass thing. And you're not sure if you even want to like bother downloading it in full, which is a good idea, a good reason for it. 
so like you play it, you know, for an hour and then you decide you want to go to bed or something and then you kick it into proper download to play it on your console. Like it's, it's not yeah. something that everyone's going to use all the time, but it has advantages or benefits, I guess, I suppose, when you think about it. It's an option. And I think it pretty much kills Lunar and Stadia and all those other things because it's a, it's a side project for Microsoft and they've already got this massive library for it. So yeah, it, yeah it's the obvious one to pick if you were into streaming games. Yeah, well, and like, and it's tied to Game Pass. So, like, like mm. especially when we're talking about Stadia, Stadia streams your games, so you don't have to download or update, but you still have to buy the games individually. So, and have yeah. a subscription to Stadia. Not that we'd know, because in Australia, it's moot. Um, same thing for, I guess, we, we've been told we're getting xCloud in Australia by the end of the year. And now with this announcement, yes. I went to Microsoft and said, so do we have a date? And they said, nah, this year. So well, the previews open because I've got it as like a demo. Um, the premium program Android. on Android, yeah. yeah. So not on um, not on devices I'll actually use it on. But we're supposed um, to get it on like browsers and everything, like yeah. Oh wow, it does in. work pretty well. But I I never really want to play on my phone. Um, if I did, I can. There you go. I've tried mm. playing Hades downstairs from the Xbox upstairs occasionally, and like it works pretty well until it like stutters, and that's when of course I die because you need those frames that you've missed. But anyway. Beside the point, is there anything about uh, Gamescom that you want to talk about? I don't think there's anything else that I can. That's think of. it. Everything else was just here's some trailers for stuff you already know, um, and yeah, that's what Gamescom was. And I suppose being virtual, that's all they could really do. Uh, so yeah, not that exciting. I didn't wake up early for a thing. Not even Destiny Two, which wow is seems kind of cool, but like I don't know. It's it's every Destiny update now. It's like you haven't been playing for a while, so here's this cool stuff that you could maybe play, but if you don't spend like 30 hours ahead of time leveling your character up to get to the point to do the cool new stuff, see you later. And that's kind of where I feel I am with Destiny, unfortunately, but that's mm. that's that. Uh, if there's nothing else, what I'm going to do at the end of this right now is tack on a, a crazy, fun, ridiculously stupid 45-minute uh, conversation between myself and Johnny Galvatron, who is the creative director at Beethoven and Dinosaur. And they are the guys behind, the people behind uh, The Artful Escape, which is an Annapurna interactive published game coming to PC and Xbox on the 9th of September. Uh, this was going to be like a, a podcast on its own. And it was just going to be like Johnny and I, and maybe you, if you could make it depending on the time, just like doing this basically. And also talking about his game. And then I had a review code and I've played it through in its entirety. I'm like, nah, screw it. We can talk about it. The whole thing. Great. So we did, but we've cut out all of the spoiler stuff. So don't worry. Mm. I talk about spoil. Like we're going to get to the spoilers in a second. We're, we, we don't in the recording that you're about to hear. So don't worry. We'll like tack on the spoilerific stuff at the end of a future recording. So don't worry. Ben, anything you want to say before we are out and we jump over to that? No, I look forward to, to hearing it. So yeah, very excited. It's really good, if I do say so myself. Perfect. So enjoy. It's the Friendly Fire Show. This is a very special edition for September 21. It was going to be with a special guest kind of talking about a game and maybe about Gamescom or something, but no, I've completely finished The Artful Escape. I want nothing more than to talk about it in full. And that's fitting because we have the creative director, Johnny Galvatron here of Beethoven and Dinosaur. That was the longest intro ever. Johnny, hi, how are you? Welcome. Uh, it's great to be here. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to hear what you thought of the game. And we're both in Melbourne, living in lockdown, living the dream. <laughs> 
You could be anywhere in your house right now, Johnny, and you've chosen to be in a Zoom chat with me for an hour. I just can't thank you enough for being so gracious with your time. I'm excited. We might as well just go straight into that first. You know, mandatory COVID check-in. How are you doing yeah. in lockdown six? Yeah, well, we went uh, we went gold on the Thursday and then the snap lockdown happened on the Friday. So that kind of sucked. Um, and now it looks like we're going to be in lockdown for the release and everything as well. So we haven't, none of us have seen each other after years of working on this game. But, you know, the, the bright side is we worked the whole time through COVID. We had a paycheck the whole time. So there's not, there's not that much to complain about, really. I was going to, I was going to ask about, you know, like, how does it feel to release during a time where you can't really celebrate, but if that's a double hit, have you guys started making plans to celebrate later on? Or is that kind of that thing where Wait, it's like, let's you, not worry about it? How can we make plans? We just keep getting locked down. I mean, I got vaxxed. I don't know what else to do. Nice. AstraZeneca, Pfizer. I got the Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah. Nice. My husband's a radiographer at the Alfred. So he got five. He got the good stuff. Nice. I got AstraZeneca earlier than most, which is like, I'm not complaining. Yeah. And then people were complaining that I got it early, but then they managed to get both their Pfizer shots in between like the window of my AstraZeneca shots. But anyway, yeah. we're all vaxxed up. That's, that's Let's not vax shame. <laughs> <laughs> Take whatever you can get. Book an appointment. Yeah. If you can get one, get one. Do it. In your public service. I need to, I need to have a beer, please. Everyone <laughs> get vaxxed. You can't see it out that window. There is literally a pub, which yeah. I haven't been to in a while. Beside the pub is a BWS, which I've been to uh, too frequently to want to probably admit if I'm being honest, but, um, I feel you. but that's, that's kind of the, the best thing about, we'll actually talk about your game now. I promise. Okay. That's one of the best things about the artful escape, like literally a year ago, almost to the day we, um, somehow obtained a copy of Bill and Ted face the music. And like, we just kind of threw it on. It's like, Oh, this will be all right. This will be good. And by the end of the movie, like literally just like tears streaming down my face, like the giantest smile. And I was like, this is, this has just renewed me. I can go for months in lockdown. And you know, oh, like sure. a year later, a year later, we're still here, but now yeah. I have the artful escape. So, you know, if like, if Bill and Ted is be excellent to yourself, I kind of think of the artful escape as be excellent. No, sorry. I just ruined it. If the artful, this, no, I did it again. Just we'll pretend this didn't happen. I'm going to leave this in because I'm next. <laughs> if Bill and Ted is be excellent to each other, the artful escape is be excellent to yourself. Ha ha. That would have been so much better if I did it right the first time. Just edit it, man. That's yeah. fine. Well, whatever. Um, can you give me a bit of background? Because this game's been in the making for a while. We'll get to mm. all this. But can you give me a background from your point of view on The Artful Escape? Well, what's my back? Well, what is the background? Where do I begin? 2016, maybe. Tw- yeah. Maybe earlier. Well, I, I, I went, I'll do, I'll do a, the abridged version, <laughs> which was, I, I went to uni and did a, uh, 3D computer animation. And then um, a week or two after I graduated, I got a record deal, never used any of the, anything that I'd learned, toured for five years, uh, hardly came home, hated touring, uh, band broke up, came home, went full hermit, never wanted to leave the house again, wrote a novel, showed it to no one. And then I saw this kind of path that I could get into, uh, into the games scene um with with an idea that i had and and uh well i'm sure we'll go into it more later but it all seemed to work out in the end here i am the game's finished and uh it's 25 years later <laughs> it, so the, did the novel have anything kind of loosely to do with with the idea behind the artful escape no. or no okay <laughs> 
And as, as you told me, so I want to paint a picture here because if people are watching this video, I was horribly disappointed. It's not your fault. But okay. the first time I got to, to see you or in a while to do yeah. anything with the Artful Escape, it was like seven in the morning, like two months yeah. ago, I literally rolled out of bed. I probably was sleeping on the couch to not wake up the husband and just yeah. like crawled over to Zoom, didn't turn on my camera. And you're just like in the brightest room I've ever seen, <laughs> surrounded just by plant, 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 house plants as far as the eye can see. Dinosaurs. Yeah, there was dinosaurs in there as well. There was dinosaurs. dinosaurs. I, di- I was too busy looking at the plants and at the and giant mural painting mural of I know. David Bowie. I know it, it was a cool scene. I made a little. Uh, I made a little set because I was going to have to do all my press from the office, but now I'm not even allowed to go into the office. So here I am. Oh, I thought in that a, was your living room, and I was an like, ala- oh, shit, in an alabaster life. nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> so is that all the sitting in the office still? You have none of that stuff in your house. That's all in my office, just oh. set up as a wonderful set just for wow. no one oh i apologize apologize for this richie benno jacket of a background how very dare you and you had sunglasses on at seven in the morning too which i absolutely respect i probably should have thrown on sunglasses at that time myself yeah i yeah i keep my i keep <laughs> one of my favorite novelists who describes that one of the characters is his, his eyes being piss holes in the snow that really sung to me and that's like after launching you know after finishing a game and shipping a game that's that's kind of how i look underneath so I would wear a mask as well if I could. <laughs> so, so more for that than the, like your own elaborate stage persona or no? Well, maybe I say there's a small percentage of that in there as well. <laughs> and that's what The Artful Escape is about. It used to be called The Artful Escape of Francis Vendetti. He is still the focal point of the entire game. Mm. He lives in the shadow of his uncle, uh, a folk musician who's very Bob Dylan-esque yeah. um, in, a, in a small town that basically just is everything... A, about the town is about this folk musician as well. So he's not only, Francis is not only in the shadow of, of his family and the legacy, he's also just kind of in the shadow of like expectations of the entire yeah. town he's lived in his entire life. It's, it's, it's kind of sounds depressing at that point until <laughs> he decides to create, as we were saying, the most elaborate stage persona the world has ever seen. And then it becomes this like crazy space epic yeah, Accurate. yeah, I I like that. I I like that kind of uh, juxtaposition of worlds. I think um, I think that's the like '90s Tim Burton that I love. That kind of um, Edward Scissor hands like his like mansion, his dark gothic mansion, and then the the pastel suburbia around the side, or um, you know that kind of conjunction in Beetlejuice as well of like the the beautiful suburbia and the and then um and the underworld so yeah i guess i kind of maybe maybe that's my my inner burton coming out of trying to have those those juxtapositions there's different those clashing worlds there's kind of a lot of clashing worlds so like we've we've dropped in burton already we've dropped in i've I've dropped in bill and ted i think there's a Mm. lot of bill and ted in it obviously it's like Um, and that's how i've decided um, that's how i'm going to refer to my francis when we get talking you know around that just yeah. so you know and then we'll talk okay. about that in more detail later on um cool. when you get to this the space bit it it becomes what i've kind of tried to describe as like a wholesome heavy metal without boobies i guess but like oh with- oh sure sure yeah, that film heavy metal yeah, yeah. yeah. sorry yeah <laughs> it's, not the um, genre heavy metal yeah yeah I, yeah i feel that vibe it's definitely got that kind of prog rock album cover vibe to it and there's a, obviously a lot of a lot of 
places to tr- like there's a whole world of that kind of uh, artistic scene and music um there's a lot to draw from so yeah i try and explore a couple of different kind of yes album covers you know what i mean <laughs> and some like like Monty Python style kind of animations I was I was picking up on I don't know if you were you were feeling I love the python I love the python I'd say I'd say the the way the kind of art style evolved is just me opening up uh, Unreal 4 and um and being like well I I really I can't really remember how to model much I'll just I'll just kind of do some some 2D stuff and throw it in the scene and see if I can make that look cool and then that evolved into um a little uh, kind of video that I made, um, which was just me figuring out like how I was going to light the scenes, kind of lit like, um, kind of learned a lot about uh, stage set, like theater lighting, because uh, I thought that would be the best way to kind of light these scenes, these kind of flat backdrops. Um, and then I made a little video and I sent it to Unreal because they were doing um, grants. And I was like, I didn't even apply. I was just like, is this, um, this is the kind of thing you're looking for? I'm not really sure. And then they just sent me an email back that gave me like $20,000, like no in-between email. Um, no, like, yeah, that's good. You should apply. It was just like a check. And um, that's uh, how I got enough money to kind of make the demo and that's insane. start the game. So Epic is sometimes the bad guy, but Epic is definitely not the bad guy in this e- instance. Epic's that's... not the bad guy to me in any <laughs> way, shape or form. Got love for Epic. And we've been talking to a lot of developers, um, the, the guys behind Cult of the Lamb, which just got oh, announced that looks at, at Gamescom. Like yeah. they're, you know, heavily reliant on on funding to get off the board from from Screen Victoria. Mm. Uh, Screen Queensland helped Team Wibby with Phantom Abyss, which has recently come out on Steam. Did you tap into any other of those kind of grants, or was that, you know, was Epic kind of enough? I think uh, we applied. What didn't we? Four apply? or five times for that grant. Oh no! Yeah. And it's a no. It was a it was no. A no, yeah. But clearly, you're you're a giant developer which has like a five hundred million dollar turnaround. Yeah, look, I you know I think right? they I I don't you know I don't know why they said no. I, I I um, and that may have been a big part of it. You know, I'm sure there was there's other companies that um, that didn't have publishing deals that could use it more. But it um, so there's no there's no no bad vibes for me on on screen victoria that's for sure they're they're a good bunch of kids exactly doesn't matter it's out we saw it in 2016 it looked <laughs> entirely different not entirely different it looked drastically a little, drastically different fair enough yeah and you've talked a bit to that as well was it was it just kind of you as you were crafting your your idea and just mm. kind of going oh that was that doesn't i don't like that anymore i need to i, I can do it better yeah, I do that constantly. I'd still be working on the game if I listened to that voice. But um, yeah, I, I, I was just trying to feel out the idea. I hadn't made a game before um, and find my place in it, what was going to be cool and how I could get music to work in it and how I could bring my ideas visually into the game. And then once you could show that, once you have something to show people like that, it's, it's very easy for them to bring their own um, their own talent and their own creativity to it and bring it to another level. So you can obviously see that with the illustrations, the animation. Um, you know, I thought it looked good at the time, you know, my stuff. And then you get someone who's a pro on and you realise, you know, you're just stumbling in the dark. So um, it's, uh, it, you know, what a kind of, what a gift and, and a privilege to be able to, you know, hire these artists and get them to, to flesh out the Artful Escape and, and, and make it better and bring their own awesome ideas to it. Very lucky.
Well, right, there's like, a baby. There's a baby in the background that may occasionally yell on the on the mics. It's <laughs> if you need to go and tend to the baby at any point. Everybody, it's, fun, it's in a, it's fine. It's in a cage. It's oh, okay, well, it's it's only an hour. It's fine. <laughs> uh, so, so I was saying before that I think I think it's it's kind of Bill and Ted esque, like cosmic. You know, go to the cosmos, see all the cool things, have amazing adventures. But it's not like you're not trying to save the world or the galaxy or sure. the universe. You're just trying to find yourself, essentially. Mm, I think um, a lot of um, a lot of the media that I get into is very character based, especially in the in the literature that I read and I guess a lot of the quirky films that I get into. Um, I like really long, boring films. That's my vibe. Um, <laughs> and um, I think, yeah, usually video games, as you know, as, as you were kind of talking about, they're very plot driven um, about saving the world or saving someone who's kidnapped or very plot heavy. And I wanted to do something that was very character driven. Um, and so, yeah, it's really more about, Francis finding who he needs to be than it is about him like completing some kind of material quest. And and there's very, I, like it's this thing where I don't want to say too much because I don't want to ruin anything for anybody because I think it's like one of these things that you just need to experience yourself. So we'll get to that in a second though. How much of you is in this? Is is there elements to to you you know finding the 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 rock persona that you got the record deal with or is this more about you know like you realizing you needed to transition like i guess from video games to rock back to video games or is it just completely its own thing um i think it's it's the opposite of my story it's kind of like someone who finds an amazing a magical world behind these doors that are unlocked by music uh, and I was kind of just didn't really like touring and I like you know I like all the fun stuff that goes along with being in a rock band and you know I like the parties for a while and I like meeting um you know my heroes um uh I like that a lot, actually. I kind of really enjoy like meeting famous people. <laughs> you know, to you know, meant to say that. Who does it? Very, it yeah, on. it's very, it's very uncool, like in the rocks, in the rock scene. But I was always just like, oh my god, it's Devo! I love you. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, I think I'm more. You've played through the whole game, yeah. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm more like Lightman. Ah. Oh. I'm, I'm like the, the jaded star on the other side of the fence you know i feel like definitely relate more to lightman than to the the um the the wonder-eyed francis <laughs> that's very courageous of you to admit i think especially <laughs> if you finished the entire story because he's we'll get to him we'll, there's so many things i want to get to but i have a kind of thread that i want to try to take us through um and i did ask you this a couple months ago but it was such a good answer i want to kind of hit back into it again mm. you know you're from melbourne i'm from melbourne it's yep. this amazing cultural hub. It's like the coolest place in Australia. Like, mm -hmm. too bad, Sydney. Byron, nah, you're no, not Byron. Hemsworth. We don't want them. <laughs> I, I would take the Hemsworths, to be honest, but that's fine. <laughs> yeah. and so rather, and, and you know, you have this, your own actual stories of, of being a musician in, in Melbourne or around yeah. Melbourne, around Australia. Yeah. But the game's set in Colorado. And yeah. I, was, I was just kind of curious as to, you know, you don't think we're good enough or what? Yeah, I, I think that I... Um... I, it's my artful escape as well as like Francis's and, and I, I, it was like a, an escape for me. It was like 
envisioning what I thought this rock and roll world would be like this magical world of, of, of crazy encounters and stuff. And it's a lot more like Wollongong RSL than that, my story. And the last thing I wanted to do was kind of tell this story of, of the, my experience that that was not, that was not the vibe. It's not very, it's, it's, it's not an autobiographical story really. Um, And so I'd never toured America. And I'd never been to America. And that's the reason why it's in America is like, um, is I was just trying to make it as far away as possible. And, you know, so it starts in America and then goes across to the other side of the multiverse. So I think um, it it just, it wasn't something I wanted to relive creatively. Well, and maybe if you could get Devo to come on and, you know, lend their vocal talents, maybe it would have been more autobiographical. You could have, you know, had them at the Wollongong RSL. Would have been great. Devo were not at the Wollongong RSL. Devo Devo were at uh, Splendor in the Grass. And at at Splendor in the Grass, they have like a little bleachers side stage that if you get there quick enough, you can sit in the bleachers because you're not allowed to kind of, you know, in some festival shows you see, everyone around the sides like yeah. uh, you can't do that at Splendor so I got to be in the bleachers to watch Devo and I was like my favorite Devo song is That's Good and they played it like third and I was just what a moment <laughs> loved it this fun you know like so close to them loved I'm, it it's a Devo story <laughs> no I like I like it I like that story and I I apologize to Devo for implying that they were ever at the Hong <laughs> RSL if they are listening I think I, I think I'm safe I think there's a I think I'm safe it's fine um but you you did with Annapurna get access from what you've told me in the past I'm not I'm, a, I'm kind of assuming just asking like yeah. this but you've told me this I know this that you've been provided access via Annapurna to like huge names and we were talking yeah. about Lightman before he's Carl Weathers, who is insane. Carl There's... fucking Weathers. Hey, can you <laughs> believe it? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't write those baby lines. He, he added them. I will well, say I, that. I never wrote like Youngblood or any of those lines. Like I just wouldn't know to write that kind of thing, you know? So Carl was like, no, no, this needs to, he would have said this. And I was like, sick, man. You do whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Lightman is this kind of mentor to Francis. He starts him on his journey. There's other stuff that happens. He, yeah. he he's liberal with the babies and the young bloods. He has a, he has very much his own per- persona. Yeah. Was was that just Carl bringing in Carl, or was that you kind of briefing him on what you wanted Lightman to be, and or how did that yeah. come about? I'll t- I'll tell you how I'll tell you from my angle, like how Carl got involved. This is like this is this is the the luxury of like being a, an Annapurna game. <laughs> is um they're like you know who who are you thinking for Lightman? well who can I have they're like you know what level are we talking they're like anyone who would you want I'm like Carl Weathers number one they're like we'll get back to you sick couple of weeks later Carl's in and then like and then a couple of days later he's in the studio and he's reading all the nonsense that you wrote and it's amazing I was just what I, I wrote I mean I wrote him as like this kind of um Bootsy Collins kind of like jazz funk blues kind of guy who was like who, who, who had been really big in the beginning of his career but had kind of dropped off and not reached the peaks that, that people had thought he would um, and him just like searching for that that spark again which is where he comes across Francis um, and I was I was just telling Carl like you know what year it was set in you know this guy would have been big around the 50s and then hit, now it's like the 70s and I was just giving him a whole bunch of musicians like James Brown and yeah, Bootsy Collins and um, 
you know, Sly and Family Stone, stuff like that. And um, and he was like, oh yeah, like no, he would. I, I had him say kid a lot, so he was like, you know, what are you doing, kid? And he was like, you wouldn't say kid, he'd say young blood. I'm like, sick, chuck <laughs> that in. And then he would just be like going off script and just like being like, oh, don't worry about it, baby. I was like, yeah, go, go. And so, yeah, I was like, that was my first ever uh, vocal like session. So I was quite nervous, but we have a, actually a director there who's like amazing and showed me the ropes. And then, yeah, about halfway through, I kind of got the vibe and I was jumping in on the mic. And, um, and uh, yeah, kind of explaining the stories and I would show them bits of the game, uh, which is good because apparently that doesn't happen much, but we're like right at the end of production when we were recording the voices. So I could show them the whole scenes and kind of get the vibe. And nice. yeah, I mean, everyone I worked with was just uh, an, an incredible joy, like just so professional um, and just like so many cool stories from it. Like definitely like real moments for me. Like I just spoke to Jason Schwartzman for an hour like the day before we recorded and we spoke about David Bowie and Bob Dylan and, you know, it was just like, what a, what an amazing thing. And then he came into the studio and he was like, he had like all these different hats that he brought in and capes and he had an umbrella and a little like synthesizer. And he would like do a line one way and then he'd throw the cape around the other way and do it again. It was like, so cool. And like Mark, Mark Strong came into the studio and like the dude who was um, I'll tell you what, I don't know if I'm allowed to speak about this, but the, the, uh, you, you have a code name, uh, when you record everything, like, you know, like Star Wars was blue harvest or whatever. Yeah. So the, it, so the, the fans can't. Yeah. Like jump in and... on the zoom call or whatever. And the, <laughs> the, the dude who was recording Mark Strong was a huge Mark Strong fan, but his name wasn't on the call sheet. So like I was, could hear on the mic when Mark Strong came into the studio and the dude's like, Mark fucking strong. You fucking get it. This amazing. <laughs> Mike Strong is like, thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was suave as fuck. He was so cool. Sorry He's, for swearing too much. You're fine. <laughs> he, he strikes me as one of these guys who's probably like the nicest, warmest, like most gentle per- people in the world, but like, and anything he's in, like Kingsman comes straight yeah. to mind, just like the most terrifying person in the history of the world. Yeah. But, no, he was lovely. <laughs> Absolutely lovely. Every, like all the voice actors I work with, just like, we're just so determined to like give me what I wanted. You know what I mean? They weren't trying to, uh, I don't know. I, ne- I didn't encounter any egos. That's for sure. It was like right. incredible experience. Who have Lena Headley is probably the other, is yeah. that the only other huge name? You only have four yeah. huge four. names. Four Come huge on. names. Oh. And then um, Michael uh, Johnson and, and Caroline Kinley play. Who were voicing like way back in the day, right? Like you've brought them through the, the journey. Weren't they uh, kind of Michael, Michael, Michael was, was in... Um, when a couple of years ago maybe we thought how oh, should we do vo and then we decided not to but we used him and he was just the only one that we got recorded and we we're like damn the kid is good and um and then we got into yeah he was he was the easiest to cast for sure um he is so and good he, he kills it doesn't he he's amazing he's- he starts off kind of like hesitant but like purpose yeah. like not like vocally hesitant like yeah. bad but like true to to vincent to yeah. vincent francis vincent. lots of people say that i wonder what that is there's like a weird vincent spaghetti i get that a lot vincent spaghetti i think <laughs> i don't know it's maybe because it's johnson been no i can't say the surname now it's gonna it's vendetti vendetti thank you i don't I, it's maybe i'm just unprofessional we'll just go with <laughs> that it's fine francis and johnson and yes lightman i've got the names they're there and the cosmic lung yeah. um 
but by the end he like you can you can feel the confidence building in the performance it's, yeah which is exactly his arc it's perfect he's he's so good at yeah what you've gotten him to do which is great he's great you don't need to be lena headley sometimes you just need yeah, to be yeah. yourself not she was great she came way. in she came in and she did like 10 different accents she was like which one would you like i was like <laughs> so much fun game of thrones please yeah yeah you, you like, mean my regal, normal accent regal, yes, please. yes game of thrones <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that either. She was so hilarious. She was doing, I always say metal. Like, oh yeah, that was metal. And then she started doing like impressions of me. She's going, yeah, fucking metal. Fucking metal, mate. (laughs) I was in tears. Like we haven't talked about, it's a game about music. Oh yeah. We haven't talked about music at all. And there's a whole bunch of Australians that helped you contribute like hours and hours of music. So please enlighten me. Yeah. Well, I've I've worked with uh, Josh Abrahams for, my whole musical career. My, um, he rocked up at my door, my apartment one day and said, I, I heard you're making some weird Van Halen shit. And I was like, what are you doing here, Josh Abrahams? And then he came in and listened and we made the, the, had some demos together. And then that was what got me my record deal. And we just made music for years and years just for fun. And, um, and I finally got to pay him. <laughs> I finally got to give him some money so I felt really great about that but me and Josh worked on everything together I actually say Josh did, did quite a few tracks just by himself um, and um, I, I my easily my like most smooth working relationship and collaborator always enjoy it wonderful to work with and extremely talented and has the best synthesizer collection I've ever seen in my entire life he has a room that's bigger than my house, which is just the synthesizers he doesn't use. <laughs> and he'll never know if one or two yeah. is missing. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, he fucking would, man. <laughs> um, and um, uh, yeah, he, he so we, we were always going to work on the game together. And um, he's done a bunch of films. He wrote Addicted to Bass, uh, which I will always talk about, Josh being doing Addicted to Bass. And um, he brought Eden Altman in, who, who plays the guitar in the game. And he's a Melbourne dude. Um, and my God, he's just good. It's <laughs> very easy to work with. You just play and put on some tracks and be like, shred for 25 minutes and I'll cut it up. <laughs> <laughs> and he just, he's just a wild. And he played like, like Lightman's guitar as well. That's really bluesy and just like has such a great um, voice. You know, because sometimes we would just like, no, I want it. I want it more like um, um, more Pink Floyd. Like, give me more Pink. Give me that kind of slow, melodic, vocal kind of spaced out solo. And then other times we're like just Van Halen, the hell out of it. He double tapping around. He's just great. Um, and then the other musician we worked with is Luke Legs, who I've known from high school. I saw him. He was a couple of years older than me, and he came and played at our school fun run in his band, Mr. Miyagi. And I thought he was the coolest dude in the world ever. And um, years later, I played in his band a little bit. And then I heard this track, uh, The Banks of the River Aligned with Gold, which is what the game opens with. And I was like, oh, Luke, yes, we will use that. And um, (laughs) he, yeah, lives down the coast and is just a total chill dude, plays folk music. And uh, it was really awesome to like be able to include him after like knowing him and jamming with him for so long. And there's like, it's such a range of 
music in the game like it starts with folk obviously because that's kind yeah. of where uh johnson starts and that's where francis is expected to start and it's kind yeah. of playing through the 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 multi-leveled calypso yeah it kind of haunts and- him wherever he goes in, uh, <laughs> in, in um in calypso it's like playing in the woods and it's playing in the town then when he goes in the house it's on the radio he just can't he can't escape it there's kind of little stories that we tell like like that through through the music and then just full-on like rock opera and like you know way more about the different genres and stuff than i would so i'm probably doing a disservice trying to explain it myself so i might rock opera is great okay yeah. well and it, like it, it I, I i i'm nuanced enough to realize that it kind of changed thematically each level that you <laughs> sure. play through, but yeah. I, I couldn't describe it you yeah can, probably well it's like it's we've got a few different sounds like we've got that that kind of 60s early 60s folk um we've got yeah, real rock opera, kind of Bill and Ted, Steve Vai, um, uh, s- symphonic angle in the heliotrums. Then we've got, uh, then we kind of cruise into a more um, ethereal Pink Floyd slow jam um, vibe. And then, and then it kind of whistles off into Paul Simon talking heads, um, uh, kind of Afrobeat stuff uh, with some crazy Adrian Ballou, uh, like, um, activated guitar in there uh, and then some close encounters of the third kind jam as well and there's layers to that obviously there's like the background music which is always there and then as Francis you can choose to like hold down X and just shred through the entire level if you want yeah to. yeah well I think you know there's this I'll, 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 there's two parts to that one is that like um, the story of the Alpha Escape is is you, I think most games would have probably approached this about like the games about becoming a better guitar player, but Francis is a prodigy. He doesn't need to become a better guitar player. The kind of the, the, his story is about um, developing the the satellite aspects that go around his music, his core medium. You know his his image. The the rumors about him. The narrative of of his character. Um, and uh, so I think that's reflected in the gameplay. It's reflected in how he he plays guitar and how he jams. Um, the the way we kind of got it to work is it's it's tricky. Like if you can that you can give the player control of the music. Um, how do you get it to work? How do you get it to blend in with a game that's so musical on on a background level? And then your foreground element is more music. So like how do you get that to work? So. We kind of just started messing around and like trying to get stuff in 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 uh, singular keys that we could run through, and then we would record lots of shredding and over different tracks because there's different tracks in the same key that go through different worlds and has to work over all of them. Like uh, if you notice in like um, and when you oh, I don't want to give too much away, but there's <laughs> there's like you know there's music in. Um, calypso in his hometown and then there's various different like sometimes there's a little bit of jazz that plays but it's the same riffs that work over all of that music and and the way it works is um it's kind of like dark side of the rainbow which if you're watching this and you don't know what that is it's um when you when you put um (laughs) when you put uh you start playing uh, pink floyd's dark side of the moon on the third roar of the mgm lion uh of the wizard of oz they match up they don't really match up. It's just your brain trying to look for pattern recognition 
in between the visual and the audio, but you can do it audio and audio. And that's what we do. So you might have like a little counter melody and the guitar will play and you're like, wow, that harmonized perfectly with that counter melody or it hit that crescendo at exactly the right time. But it doesn't, it's not really doing that. It's, it's just, it's just arranged in a way that you'll, you'll try and gain meaning from how those sounds interact. Um, and thank God that worked because if it didn't, you tricked me, but I'm, I'm yeah. all for it. Hey, if it sounds good, it's because it's, you know, your brain, your well, brain put it together. So I like literally I just held down X through every level that I play through. <laughs> Some I was, people do play that. that like, is that sure. how would you how would you approach it? Is that is that, 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 that that's, that's how small. I play. That's yeah. how I play. And that's how like um, Arden, our illustrator, plays as well. Then like uh, Shawnee, our like uh, technical director, he doesn't he doesn't play as much guitar. <laughs> so yeah, you know, I think we'll do whatever you want with the occasional like when I because like, when you get when you get an idea of what the music's like in the background, that's when you start jumping and like that and yeah. add it in as well. And then you feel yeah. like you're some sort of prodigy yourself, which I am not. I was lead chair yeah. of the high school like band. I play saxophone so I could play. Yeah, notes. but that's well, yeah, like 23 years ago or something by now. I don't but, know if sax was cool 23 years ago. It's cool now. You should have kept with it. Should have, I, just, I don't even have, it's in my parents' basement in Saskatoon, <laughs> Saskatchewan. So they've, prob- <laughs> they've probably sold it, if we're being honest here. Yeah. Um, but like there are sections of the game, there's a, there's a musical key and you, you have five mm. notes. And sometimes it's kind of like a rock band style, like match the, the notes to, the, to this challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then other times you just get free reign. And I like I can play music, I can read music, but I can't create music if that makes yep. sense. But I was sure. still finding that everything I was doing still sounded good. Is that just because I am so good? I just don't realize, or is there yeah. some trickery that involved there? Yeah, as well. It's just that you're so good. Well, I'll take that. Um, I think it's funny, like the call and response stuff. You know, we obviously we've done a lot of play testing and stuff like that, and people really dig that. Um, I think it's because. A lot, a lot of music games don't feel very musical to me because they're not effortless. They're difficult. And like when you're playing Smells Like Teen Spirit, I, I'm not thinking about what note comes next. I know what note comes next. Um, and I think I try to, we all try to get that feeling of, of being um, uh, at one with the music, of being like being able to play and know what comes next and have that power as opposed to the other way around where everything's running at you and you're trying to keep up, um, which is, you know, that's not going to be for everyone, but I'm not making rocket league. So it's fine. <laughs> I don't want to make just something that everyone loves, which is rocket league. Um, I, I'm glad no one pitched rocket league to me because it sounds silly, but it's brilliant. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think, you know, we, we definitely took a different approach, like a more musical approach to gameplay, which was um, making you feel powerful as opposed to making you feel um, that you were um, uh, reaching for that kind of virtuosity. And it's, it's obviously it's, it's nice because there's a lot of people who are probably a little bit more uh, depressed or feeling down as compared to what they would be feeling. I don't know if this was 2018 or something but like obviously it's not the, the point to just be uplifting and amazing well maybe it is the point to be uplifting and amazing and i'm I, cool with that yeah look i think what you most of my stuff's very positive i'm a big star trek fan i'm, I'm down oh, for utopia man okay the next half an hour just talking about star trek now yeah perfect 
Next um, gen. Well, here. Next gen's my back. This is this is in reach. It's the closest one I had. It's the Enterprise F from Star Trek Online. Sick. Uh, which is a free-to-play MMO if you have time in lockdown and you want to get into your Star Trek. But anyway. I've never played it. Is it worth it? It's free. So, you know, at least if you don't like it, you won't <laughs> be upset it. that you uh, paid money for it. Oh, that's a horrible segue for what I was going to talk to you about next. That's fine. Let's pretend you didn't say it. So uh, this is on Xbox Game Pass, <laughs> which is it not is on free. Xbox you Game have Pass. to subscribe to Xbox Game Pass. Yeah, you do. Dude, effortless segue there. Jeez. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Whenever you talk about Game Pass to someone, like I've, t- I've talked to Phil Spencer about Game Pass and you can kind of mm. see him like just tense up. He's so media trained. He's amazing. But you can yeah. kind of just see him tense up and just be like, oh, we're not talking about money. I don't want to talk about money and how sure. that all works. Yeah. But I would like to know kind of how the decision to put the Artful Escape on Game Pass came to be. If it was something that you've decided to do, if it's something that money. Perna suggested. Okay, you want to talk about <laughs> Let's talk finance. No, I mean like, uh this isn't it's not my <clears throat> it's not my scene really i don't i don't try and jump in on those kind of decisions about where the game will be launched and how it will be launched um because I, I don't have any experience in that field at all and i, I kind of we all handle that stuff to annapurna and they've made brilliant decisions for us so far and for other games um i'm really excited to be on game pass i i think it's super cool i think a lot of people who wouldn't have played the game are going to play the game now um i think it's really good for us as a studio that lots of people are going to play that game and maybe want to play what we do next um i think it's a wonderful sign silence child the um uh and um so I'm, I'm, I think it's lovely. I'm, I'm stoked that they would have us. Um, but I, it means I can't... more eyeballs. Like literally more, more people just accept it, like having instant access to your game. Like 12 minutes with Annapurna before it, with yeah. I Am Dead, which is Annapurna. They're putting yeah. out some awesome stuff. So, yeah, they don't miss, do they? No, and I think, yeah, like it's a, despite the, the dig at Star Trek Online and like the horrible <laughs> segue, I, th- I think it's a, a very smart idea for Game Pass. And of course, there's other options. If you're more of a Steam person, you've got Steam as well. So it's yeah. not limiting anybody. It's just kind of opening up. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Totally. Nice. I am an achievements person. I'm going to talk to you about achievements and we can put this in the spoiler bit. I can shift it to the spoiler bit at the end. Okay. Did you get to control how the achievements were allocated? Are you an achievements person too? I'm, I do not. Just answer them all right now. Okay, cool. I'm not really an achievement person. I'm more of just kind of a main uh, narrative person. Um, and I do. I am a crazy side quest person as well. Don't get me wrong. But um. <laughs> Uh, I, uh, it's it's a game that's not it's like a game that's not achievement based kind of really is it it's like no. it, it it's it's about an internal journey of character so I, I and it's a game that it, that I, I saw you had, you'd sent me some questions before I'm getting meta but the um you know how do you describe the outfit escape and and I don't know it's hard to answer isn't it what, what do you what do you think it is what, how do you how do you categorize it? It, I don't know, and that's why I wanted to ask you, because it's 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 like kind of a walking simulator, but mm. not because those it's I too, it's too find much. are very boring. Not walking. <laughs> well, yeah, it, and and it's sort of a platformer, but it's very very light on like yeah. fail states, and then it's yeah. sort of a rhythm game, but not really. Because no in rhythm. the same way that you can like fall off a platform and it means nothing to you, like if you can't mm. like get the three note you know combo mm-hmm. that you're supposed to immediately it just you know like 
try again. So like, yeah. Well, that's what music was is like. I play a lot of bad notes. <laughs> you just keep going, man. <laughs> Hope so no I don't know noticed. what to call it. What what genre do you have to put this in a genre? I suppose. Uh, I guess people like you to put it in a genre. I I, I uh, it's an adventure game, adventure game with cosmic musical elements. Oh, that's a good answer. You've thought yeah. about this before. <laughs> so yeah, it is. Uh, it's a weird game. It 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 goes off in in. Can, you know, quite weird branches. I don't know how much I'm going to give away, but um, gets weird. Well, and like we can we can finish this question in the spoiler bit if you want, okay. and we can put sure. it right at the end. But I'm almost mad at myself because I think I walked away with 825 gamer score, and you get most of the achievements just by playing. And yeah. then I thought I did kind of like everything I could do, not like to get an achievement, but just because I wanted to. So I walked yeah. around Calypso holding X. And yeah, that's, that's important. Like that's well, cool. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I even that's don't want to talk about these things. And I said, this is spoiler. We'll move it to spoiler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What did I miss? And th- I will move this to the end if you want. We can actually we'll pick this up at the end. Okay, sure. And if people don't want to hear about it, we'll wait till the very end. But I'm gonna, okay, cool. I'm gonna get those remaining ones. It's gonna. If it kills oh, uh, yeah. Do you know what I have? Okay, cool. That's All right. fine. Well, and I'm just also curious because I thought yes. I, di- I thought I did. I thought I interacted with everything. Like it, the game makes me want Ooh, to do that. It's pretty tricky. Well, There's a couple of tricky mm-hmm. ones in there. Okay, fine. I've got a message from JB here, actually. He sent me, Justin Blackwell's uh, uh, one of our main programmers, and I was like, send me the achievements. I must know them. <laughs> but right, there's I, also I levels you. select and stuff. So, like, it's not like you have to play the, like, you can, obviously. If you'd like to just keep playing it over and over and over, you absolutely can. Yeah. So, like, if you do miss something, you can just jump back in. It's very fail state, like, light. Which it I is. Think is. It really is. Yeah, yeah, well, I feel like when we were, at the first one, when we were, you know, designing the game, we're like, does Francis, does Francis need to die a lot or kill anyone to make his stage persona? And the answer is no. Um, I, I, you know, I love games, um, but there's, you know, there are some like tropes that annoy me, which is just like, like, you know, like, uh, I don't want to rag on anyone's game personally, but just like killing people when you don't need to, like, I don't mind killing people in games if it's, uh, if it's relative to the story, yeah. but you know, if I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm trying to start my radio station and I'm killing police. I'm just like, what am I, what is this? I'm so juxtaposed. If Rocket anyway, League introduces a kill count, you're going to be. Yeah. Yeah. Like why? why, what's the point? <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, I think, uh, yeah. Fail states, not a lot. Um, killing very minimal. Good. No, which is good. Um, and, and like the, the, the second half of the game about, about finding your stage persona is, all, is really all about customization. And it's this thing where like, I don't want to talk about it, but I want to talk about it generally. And I think okay. you're, I feel like you're in the same way, but we'll get to that question in a second. To me, like in my mind anyway, Francis starts out as, you know, he's doing this, he's doing that, he's doing this. And then you get to the customization and like my brain kind of flipped and it's like, well, they are doing this because they might not be a he or like if I'm in control of Francis, obviously. Yeah. So if he wanted to be a he or a she or a they, like it, it, you have options to kind of just do whatever you want. So it's not like the story of that Francis, it's the story of your friend. Persona, yeah. I'm yeah. assuming that's uh, intentional, obviously. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I think, well, because it's not a branching narrative, the story, uh, and you, the input you have is to Francis' stage persona and it's back, his backstory and what planet he came from and, and stuff like that. And you obviously get to customize his stage outfit, which I think is, we did a really good job on. Um, I, I think customization is dope. Uh, I've seen yours. Yes. 
I said it to you. I made sure you saw it. It's metal as fuck. The um and uh yeah, so that's where the kind of the player interaction comes from. The player um driving the branching segments of the game. Um, one of my favorite um sections of the game is a talk show that you go on um where you talk about your backstory and uh, i really enjoyed writing that it's like this crazy branching dialogue that goes out to the power of the 64 it's like it's like massive it's the most ridiculous unreal blueprint you've ever seen no um yeah I, know so what I picked from it what did you do oh i don't want to say okay no, you can't say i'll tell you later if you want. okay cool i don't want it because that that to me is like part of the mystique and the amazingness of this there's so many options like it's it's you're never going to have the same person picking the same option. So you can go to your friend and like, what's your Francis like? Yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I cut you yeah. Off. Um, that's it. That's my answer. Good. Um, so like, I've shown a picture of my character to you because yes. I, I, I love my Francis. I want, I, I want to share with everybody. I was, there's a the photo, there's a bit of dialogue and I had, I don't know if you can turn off the dialogue boxes, but it worked perfectly regardless because it popped up on the screen. It's my like this, bitching character and it says i'll play and i'm like yeah absolutely i'll play this game and that was going to be the the featured image on the review and then i'm like no i can't i can't do that because that's oh is that's that breaking much. that's showing too much i don't want to show people that and i guess i'm curious <laughs> like i don't want to tell people the options that i selected to get to my character i don't want to kind of allude to what options they can select i don't want to show the costumes that you could cobble together to make your own like is that too am i going too far or what, no i think we're gonna sh- we're gonna share some of the character customization before the game launches so no i don't think that's too much and no, i I, I definitely encourage people to share like their costumes and their names like on there's a little stage when you go to customize your character that says your name and your title and you can shred there and take a photo so i love i hope people share their creations that is one of the other photos that i showed you so yes of course i did that too and i will happily share that with people after the fact i kind of just want everybody to get to that almost themselves personally yeah right have on. a different marketing plan i'm not telling you what to do of course yeah don't worry um before we spoil um i forgot to ask in terms of music like are you planning a soundtrack is there plans to release a soundtrack yeah, the soundtrack will be coming out with the game. Yes. And, and then maybe later down the road, we'll do uh, some cool physical stuff. Tour. Go on tour? No, yes, please don't do make me. We'll luckily, I can't, or at least I can't. come to like the Cheltenham RSL or something. I just want to tour to the local pub, man. I can't even do that. <laughs> we'll, we'll get someone to bring a synthesizer, someone to just kind of like hand you a guitar. Perfect. I'm down with that. Done. Um, and oh, the last thing I want to talk about in terms of before we like spoil maybe is yeah. and I'm still scared to do it for some reason. I've got to get out of that mentality. <laughs> um, you were talking about like lame jazz. I thought it was pretty good, to be honest. <laughs> lame jazz. It's not bad, but j- jazz is jazz is just uh, an infinite library of volumes. You know what I mean? Like you, you can I, I, if you don't listen to a lot of jazz, I don't think you can know. It's like that, you know, you listen to one Stravinsky symphony. Do you know, do you know about classical music? And I just thought I feel like I am with jazz. You know, I've heard some jazz, but I, 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 I bet it's lame. And that's the thing. I don't even know if it's lame. Maybe, maybe it's cool, but generic, jazz, you know, I don't, don't want to calling it generic, but maybe it's <laughs> better as generic. instead of <laughs> Maybe it's just generic jazz. Um, is that better? Uh, look, I don't if know you, if it's better. I don't know if it's better. It, to me, it's just lame jazz. Um, and I, I apologize to the jazz community. 
There you go. All right. Well, before we get into the spoiler bit, is there anything you wanted to say about the Artful Escape that you can say to anybody who wants to listen before they potentially turn off if they haven't played yet? Anything it's that out on yet? September the 9th. When's this coming out? Probably the September the 9th, maybe earlier. It's out think- today or September the 9th, whatever I- is closer. I think we can get away with this bit early, but we'll, okay. we'll make sure. So if I can, it'll go up early because like Annapurna is not paying me. You're not paying me. I wasn't paid for the review, but I will sing the praises of this damn game like from the heavens. It's so good. So thank you. I, I want people to know about it. People already know about it, but I want to ram it down their throats <laughs> in a nice consensual way. <laughs> you're right. Lockdown. I'm blaming lockdown for yeah, the lockdown. That's brain. fine. Okay. 